Welcome to the Gate 7 International Podcast, your official English source for all things Olympiakos FC and Greek football. The first day of training is when I realized, oh, this is why they win the league every year. When I, I spoke with Kevin, if I'm going to sign or no for Olympiakos, I say, you're a crazy good deal, like my friend. I can't speak, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> What's happening, everybody? This is Costa from Gate 7 International, your number one English source for all things Olibiakos. We finally had the Champions League draw 15th of June today, and guess what? Maccabi Haifa is the opponent in the second qualification round of the Champions League. I can't say I was surprised. It was almost like a foregone conclusion for me that we would draw an Israeli team. Uh, it's probably the toughest pick of the bunch out of the teams that were that we were uh, well were possible opponents tonight. Having said that, really, guys, we shouldn't be uh, we shouldn't be complaining. This is the second round of the Champions League. Uh, despite what our record is against Israeli sides, this really is a game that we should be winning. If we want to play with the big boys in the Champions League, then we have to be beating a team like Maccabi Haifa. We're going to get into all of those things. We're going to talk about the draw. We're going to talk about the opponent. El Arabi signed his contract today. Mm-hmm. We can talk about that. More changes in the backroom staff. Again, announced today. Transfer updates, uh, the usual. So it's been a while since we've, well, it feels like a while since we've done a live, at least for me. So guys, it's just you, uh, you guys following and I, I'm solo tonight. I will be dropping a link later on in the chat for those of you that would like to join, come on the show, have a chat with me about all these these issues, talk about whatever you guys want to talk about. That's why we're here. Uh, before we get into it, Please uh, make sure you like and subscribe if you haven't done so already. Um, hitting the like button, it helps to get the episode out to more people. And subscribing helps us to keep doing what we love doing, which is uh, being here for you guys, talking about our favorite team. And uh, it's a great way to express your support. Thanks very much, everybody. Now, all right, let's get into this. Maccabi Haifa then. Maccabi Haifa are the Israeli champions. They've won the league last season as well. So two seasons in a row, they've won the league. Let's get into the facts. So this is a team that we will be facing on the 19th of uh, July, 19th or 20th of July, away from home in the first leg. The second leg will be at Karaiskaki. So we'll be returning to Karaiskaki 26th or the 27th of July to finish the job off. Hopefully, it's going to be very hot, both in, in Haifa and in Athens for those games. That's the reality these days. We're playing in uh, in the middle of you know peak, peak summer to get into the group stages in September. Don't forget, guys, we also, we're skipping around. Normally, where Greece is in the coefficient, we'd be first round qualification. But because of what's going on, well, the, the Russian invasion of Ukraine, Russian teams have been kicked out of the competition. That means that we skipped around and we're in the second round now. Um, so, yeah, what can we say? Let, let's um, let's kind of 
say what most people are saying already, which is that we have a poor record against uh, against Israeli sides. Uh, I mentioned earlier, out of all the teams that we had, you know, we could have drawn a uh, Hibernian from Malta or um, Dudelange from from Luxembourg, a team from Belarus, you know, some teams I've never heard of before. Um, and, you know, the tough draws that people on the radio were talking about were potentially playing Zurich, uh, the, the Swiss champions. That was ruled out yesterday. And... Um, Maccabi Haifa was the was the only team that didn't have to get through a leg. And yeah, possibly, as I said, the hardest fixture that, that we could have had. Maribor also as well, Slovenian team that have done fairly well in European competition the last the last couple of years. In any case, guys, let's get the history out of the way because I know everyone's talking about it today. So let's just remind ourselves the history here. So in recent history, we faced Isra um, Israeli teams three times that I can remember of. 2002, in the group stages of the Champions League, that was against Maccabi Haifa. 2002, we actually played Maccabi Haifa in Cyprus because I think their stadium at the time, it wasn't fit, uh, fit for purpose or, you know, checked out as meeting all the criteria for a stadium to host a Champions League game. So they had to play the game in Cyprus and the, uh, the Gasset Bay in Cyprus was actually pretty much full of Greeks. This was an away game, technically, but it was like we were playing at home. We lost that game 3-0. I think that was the second uh, the second game, the, se the second fixture of that group stage. And it was after we'd beaten, I want to say, Leverkusen 6-2 in game one, match day one. So we went to Cyprus, we lost 3-0 to these guys. Uh, Yakubu Aig Benny, for any of you that remember him, he made a name for himself, uh, I think, from that game. Um, and then we played them at home in a 3-3 draw. Where you think, okay, at home, this was the fourth-seeded team. We should win. We drew 3-3. So, not great. The next time is in 2010. Uh, we're in qualification, elimination games. This is when Evad Linen came in in the first, the first year of Marinagis' administration. We won 2-1 at home. And then we lost 1-0 away. And we got knocked out on away goals. Then Evad Linen got sacked. Ernesto Valverde came in. And you see the smile on my face. The rest is history. 2016 is the next time we meet Israeli opposition. That's against Hapoel Bersheva. Some of you remember the name of the manager, Victor Sanchez, who was Mitchell Gonzalez's assistant. He came in as head coach that year. He was gone within, within months after a 0-0 draw against Hapoel Bersheva. Uh, and a one-nil defeat. I think that was uh, that was away from home, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. Fun fact: the manager of Maccabi Haifa today is the same manager of Hapoel Beersheba back in 2016. Fun fact doesn't mean anything. Traditions and historical, you know, context and results in the past, there they mean shit. Uh, the, the history doesn't matter. History doesn't play football. Football teams play football. We need to go out there and do our job. Um, and even even if we don't have, you know, the the big signings in, I think really we should have enough to get this to get this over the line. What do we know about Maccabi Haifa? This team. So I said they have the same coach that they had in that Besheva had in 2016. So we know that this is a coach that likes to build his teams quite tight. So 
yeah, nil-nil, one-nil results. He likes to keep his team very tight. Um, last year, for the record, they played in the Conference League. So this is a Conference League level team. Last year, they had in their group Feyenoord. They got to the final against Roma. They had Slavia Prague and they had Union Berlin from Germany. They didn't make it through the group stages. But, okay, Feyenoord's a team that got to the final. Slavia Prague's an okay team. You had a Bundesliga team in there as well. They didn't go through. Uh, in any case, that was their group last year. And um, they they uh, they also got to the Conference League group stages by beating Nefci Baku, a team that we faced and um, and dispatched well, not so easily last year because of the, the conditions that the team was under. But yeah, guys, that's um, that's pretty much what we know. All we need to know about uh, about about Maccabi Haifa. That's uh, that's what we know until now. One of their one of their key players is a, a winger, Azvili. He scored twenty goals last season. They, they look to have a lot of Israeli players on their teams, a lot of Israeli internationals, their coaches Israeli as well. So, you know, it's a team with with some experience. Uh, but again, I, I think that with a professional performance, we can go into this game and and be confident of, of getting a result. You know, and if, if we don't, then we don't deserve to play in the Champions League. Simple as that. That's my that's my point of view on on that issue. Already a lot of comments flying in. Thanks, guys. Um, Olympiacos Pireos, we need some new quality players. Yes, mate, we do. We do need to bring in some some quality players. Yorgos Kefalas, Yasfile, you're too. I'm too young to have memories of the disgraceful eliminations by European villages. Uh, says Yorgos, this club is going from bad to worse. Preseason started, and not one player issue. Resolved. Um, you might say I'm too young to remember the disgraceful eliminations by villages. I, yeah, I, I can remember plenty, but I'm maybe not as old as you, George. Um, yeah, we don't like to remember Heron Vane. We don't like to remember Mulder. We don't like to remember Maccabi Haifa in 2002 or, uh, or before the years that we played in these big competitions. Um, Yorgos coming back again, except for Tunis, where Taverniaris showed his spiteful, vengeful self. News today of Carapapas being upgraded. Uh, George is weighing in on, on that as well. A lot of you saying we need to we need to bring in players. We need to bring in players. Um, even for this game, guys. I mean, look, to, to be quite honest with you. We're gonna we're gonna get to Larabi in a minute, but I think with a right back, a first choice right back going into this game, a winger hopefully we should be good. Ah, really to to get through the second round of qualification. I don't know what's going on at right back. Uh, I mean, we've started the preseason training with Yanis Masuras, who on the one hand we were reported. Uh, would not be going to preseason. On the other, that he would. There was some conflicting reports. Yanis Masuras is training with the team right now. It's a player that we paid just over a million euro for, plus players in exchange, and we've never seen him play an official game for the club. I don't know if it could be different, or if he's only there to make up numbers now. 
The only other available right back that we have training with the team right now is Thanasis Andrutos, a player who the manager in in February March said he he didn't he didn't consider him anymore that he wasn't in his plans, and then at the end of the season he suddenly reappeared uh, the last the last couple of games. Are we going to go and play a Champions League qualifier with Andrutos? No, no disrespect. I've made my opinions about Andrutos clear. I think the kid needs to move on. Uh, he's not going to make a career at Olympiagos. That's where I think we need, ideally, to, to fill a gap at right back. We have Masuras. We have Gary Rodriguez on the, as, as, as options on the wing as well. Um, I think we, we, could, we could do with one more as well on the wing going into those games. But, but guys... Is is very difficult. We, the transfer window has just opened. We're not the only club out there looking for players. Uh, and okay, let, 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 let's. You guys want to talk about transfers? I see. I see in the in the chat here. So 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 let's go straight to transfers. The right back issue. So who are we looking at? We've got Jan Koto from Manchester City is a target. Um, a guy called. Avila that plays for Huddersfield is a target. There's been a lot of talk about George Baldock as well. Sheffield United right back recently made his debut for the Greek national team as well. Where are we at with all of this? Now, th these are all players from the from the English Premier League uh, Championship in the case of, of Baldock, but he's a player with Premier League experience, international experience now as well. Things are moving slowly, guys, because... You look at Jan Koto, young, promising right back that was, you know, best right back in the named best right back in the Portuguese league by one prominent Portuguese paper. Braga want him on a permanent deal after after he played on loan there last season. There was also, I think, um, another team came in for him. I'm not sure if it was Fenerbahce, where Jorge Jesus, the Portuguese manager, has gone. And there's us as well. So there's. Um, there's there's lots of interest in this player, and again we've said it before. Greek league is not the number one destination for for any quality player. Let's face it; they're gonna players like Jan Koto are gonna want to exhaust all of their options before they look at us. And we're not a team that plays guaranteed Champions League football anymore. We have to qualify through the rounds. I expect that our big signings will be made in August if we make any big signings. That's when I expect us to do our business. Right now, you know, it's okay. It, it is all about, you know, what scouting have we done? Who have we managed to identify that others haven't? There are names, of course, that we've never heard of that haven't been in the press, in the press that haven't been leaked. And that's been a tactic of Olympiakos um, the, the last couple of years. It's not new. You know, names have been thrown out in the media. The other day we read that Kyle Larin was getting on a plane and coming to Greece. Bullshit. A lot of the players that we've ended up signing, they've been names that have come out of nowhere. Or players that you know possibly have been on the radar and named and talked about a few times, then forgotten for three, four months. And then all of a sudden, bam, you know, they're back. Uh, they're back and you know we've signed them. So... That's it, guys. Like, okay, we talked about Koto, Avila. You know, we joked about it on the podcast the other day. He's got this nickname, Pipa, and Nikola Kopoulos was screaming Pipa, Pipa, Pipa on the radio the other day. And it was it was awfully funny. Um, people I've talked to in England, you know, our sources in England tell us 
<laughs> not a fantastic player, but also a deal that's not really likely to happen. Um, George Baldock is a it's a bit more complicated. He's got two years left on his contract. He's a player that's probably you know he's going to want he's going to want decent money. His club's going to want a good transfer fee. Is it worth it? Personally, I think yes. I think he's a player that would be worth the money. He's at a good age. He's not too old. He's not too young. We need experience at the back. I think he he brings that. Um, I like what I saw from, from the national team. He's got heaps of energy, can run up and down the wing all day, 90 minutes. Um, yeah, maybe not the best crosser of the ball, but he gives everything. He has that mentality, that warrior mentality that Odibiagos fans like. So that that for me is really priority, guys. Uh, right back. We need to we need to get a right back in. Just bringing up a Solomon uh, Locker has a comment here. We should have signed at least one player till now. Olibiagos reporters have poor information about our transfer plan, and that makes it even worse. We know we know nothing. Uh, what can I say? Like patience. That's Again, I asked the question, like, do we really need, do we really need like loads of transfers to beat this team? And and we do have more than a month, guys. I think the way I see it, we, sh we, I hope, I hope that we've made at least one signing before we, before the team picks up and goes to Austria for preseason. That's what I hope. For me, that's a realistic, that's a realistic expectation. Because there's a gap. We can't... Like, I have this feeling that Yanis Masouras is not going to travel to Austria. I could be wrong. We know Pedro Martins doesn't rate him. He's never he's never played him once. So is he going to go to preseason with Andrutos or Nikolic? Surely. Surely, guys. So we're the 15th of June today. And we've got until the 22nd. We've got until the 22nd of June when the team goes off to preseason in Austria for camp and we don't play we don't play uh, Maccabi until the 19th we've got more than a month as long as that player or those players one or two are in Austria and get to train with the team and the manager can try and integrate them into the, into the squad into his lineup I think we should be good okay uh, Ari chiming in, Yasuari, miss you, buddy. Um, wish you were here today. Don't expect anything big ahead of Maccabi, like Costa said. Says Ari, last summer we signed no one prior to Ludogorets. We can only hope we pass Haifa and the club learned from its mistake last year. Amen. Amen. We do not want a repeat of last year. Um, there's been some commentary as well in the in the in, in the press today and on the on the radio that uh, last time we faced Israeli opposition. I mentioned it. Evad Linen was 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 coach and also um, and also Victor Sanchez and both of those coaches got sacked after being eliminated by Israeli teams. I'm not insinuating anything. I'm just stating facts and replaying things that were said. Uh, that was said on the radio today. So Pedro Martins, you know what to do. George, you're hanging with us today, I see. 
Yes, I've seen George Kefalas is telling us their squad is valued at 17.7 million. That's correct. I saw that on, on Transfer Marked as well. He says, George says we have 21 players on the current roster who are more expensive than their top rated player. Yeah, it's true. Lazar Rajelovic and Nikola Tumic are probably worth more than, I don't want to say their, their, their entire squad, but, you know, their, their best player. So, yeah. Yasu Maria, Maria says, when they give 5 million for Onyakura, I can't understand why it's so hard for them to give 3 million for Baldock. I'm I, I'm with you, mate. Um, uh, that you know, some some people have argued as well that you know we're giving a lot of money to to El Arabi and we're not willing to bring in a right back in a key position. We'll talk about El Arabi a little bit a little bit later on. <laughs> RSP says I'm legit terrified of Barak. Barak Bakar seems like the type of coach whose teams terrorize us. So yeah, that's uh, as I said, Ari. He's the coach that he, he coached um, Hapoel Bersheva in 2016. Uh, again, guys, history is history. We 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 need to learn from history. Uh, as as my my co-host Ari said a, a minute earlier, hopefully we have learned from from the past. By the way, guys, I have dropped the link in the chat. So if anyone wants to come on, have a chat with me. I hit the link. And uh, let, let's let's go for it. Vaya, I agree, mate. Right back and winger. I said it. I said it, mate. That's uh, that's what we need going going into this. Def uh, especially at right back. Andrea says we need signings ASAP, not just for this round, but we need them to be settled and ready for the next rounds. Otherwise, we'll make the same mistake like last year and get eliminated. Um. Look at my eyes, DC says, we have new info about Jan Koto. He wants to head back to SG Braga. City wants him to move to a Premier League team. Thanks, Joe. Uh, thanks, look at my eyes, DC. I haven't seen that. Um, I haven't seen that information. But it, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me. It wouldn't surprise me if he wants to go back to Braga. He played there for a season, had a good, had a good time at Braga. They, went, they had quite a deep run into the Europa League too. I think they got knocked out by Rangers. Um... And yeah, I'm not surprised if City wants to loan him to another Premier League team so that he gets Premier League experience. That's a tough one, you see, because City don't even know what they want to do with him. Do they want to keep him? Do they want to play him? Do they want to see him in preseason? Do they want to loan him to another Premier League team? So these are all factors that are outside Olympiakos' control. Olympiakos could like, may have made a you know the best offer to to Man City financially, and they cover the players' wages and everything. We don't know, uh, but you know there are there are other considerations here there's always complications in in a transfer it's not just you know we pick up the phone they pick up the phone we agree and that's done so you know let's uh let's uh let's mellow out a little bit aguila what's up my friends aguilos goods loyal follower here says the main matter is to have signings early to build chemistry within the team Hey, to be honest with you guys, it's not just about building chemistry like when bringing in new players, but let's just say it outright. This team had no chemistry last year. Right? This team had no chemistry. The coach started the season wanting to play 4-4-2. He went into qualifiers playing with three at the back. Then he went back to four at the back with three in the middle. 
Then sometimes he played 4-2-3-1, sometimes 4-3-3. There was no chemistry. It was like the team, we talked about it many times last season. The team didn't have identity. And you know what? One of the reasons, you know, I think I think what Martins is trying to do is go back to kind of an atmosphere that he had in the first season, the first season he came. Like we're talking about a rebuild this season, not as dramatic as the one that we had in, in the first season. Not like we're getting rid of 30 players and bringing in 25. We're looking to get rid of 10, 11 players, yeah? Fortunis is one of them. And I was listening to the discussion that Dionysis Vervelez was having on his show yesterday. And he raised he raised the point that some of us know already. Fortunis has, has an attitude problem. We know that. We know that he doesn't like sitting on the bench. We know that he doesn't like being brought on for five minutes. And yeah, Martins, there's probably some blame to put on Martins as well in terms of how he's treated the player. But Fortunis made mistakes too, guys. That game in Thessaloniki, I mentioned it. I mentioned it on the podcast, the recorded podcast that I did the, 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 the day the news broke. The glass shattered. Like The relationship between Martins and, and Fortunis, it cracked in after that game where we sealed the championship with a 1-0 victory in Tuba before going to Emirates where he was left out and after the bout game everyone was you know happy in enjoying the victory you know it was really you know a, a, a key moment in in the league and we hadn't in, in remember the first season we hadn't won the league and Fortunis was sulking and the players didn't react well to that. So I'm not taking sides. I love Fortunis. I I hate that he's probably leaving. Yeah. Because I loved the fact that we had a Greek player, a creative Greek player, a talent like one one of the most talented, if not the most talented player of his generation, playing for our club. I loved that about him. I loved that situation. It's been eight years. Fortunis has had his good moments. He's had his bad moments too. And about the captaincy as well. If you're a club captain, you don't do what he did at that bout game. Because that's where it all starts. That's where it all went wrong. That's where it all went wrong, guys. There's no turning back. Like he got chances here and there, and for and Martins, in my view, was never going to give him much. So I, um, I just wanted to add that because it's not something that I really talked about or elaborated much on in in the last episode that I that I did on on this issue with um, with Fortunis. My point was going back to this issue. Martins wants to cultivate an atmosphere in, in the dressing room, similar to the one that he had in the first season. There are a lot of new players, guys, that we haven't really seen this season. What about Bandiugu Fadiga? Are we going to see more of him this season? What about Abdullah Dabo, the central midfielder that we bought from Nan? By the way, he's going to start training in a couple of days. He had a, he had a nasty injury with the B team just at the end of the season. And, 
we've learned that they're they're managing him carefully. But he is considered, uh, so he will go to preseason. He will go to Austria. Remember, guys, when players like Madi Kamara came in the first season, Uagibu, we didn't expect them to play a role, play the role that they did in their first seasons. Maybe, maybe we have some nice surprises, like from players within the squad already. We didn't see Fadiga much last season. We saw him in some cameos and we saw him playing out wide on the left. But he's a central midfielder. So maybe we see more of him. Maybe we see more of uh, of uh, of Dabo. Let's see what we see from these players in uh, in preseason camp. Dibi Keita, another one that we picked up from Real Madrid's youth youth team. Uh, he had a he had a horrible knee injury that the same one that Apostolis Apostolopoulos had that kept him out for a year. Maybe he starts in the in the B team. We don't know. Um, so that you see. We're getting rid of quite like 10 players, but there are already some players that last year, I think Martins was a bit too afraid of throwing them in. He wanted to secure the league, etc. So let's let's wait and see, guys. There might be some some hidden gems like within this squad that we've completely forgotten about. Dimitris Pinakas, I haven't seen him training with the team uh, the first day, second day. That one's a bit of a bit of a funny one. We don't know. Let's see. Let's see if he if he turns up. Algasim Bar as well, guys. There's Algasim Bar. So let's see who who the breakthrough or if there are any breakthrough players in the squad this year. Um, voila. Right. What else have we got here? RSP about Yanis Masuras. Yanis Masuras, he says, is not better than La Laura and Ruto, so I side with Martins on this one. Dude can't control the ball or properly position himself on the pitch. Yeah, well, if we don't like him, get rid of him. Like, guys, we paid we paid so much money for this guy, like, and we've never seen him play. Um, yeah, Vio says, the thing is, we're not doing very well against Israeli teams. Uh, yes, Johnny, good morning. Australia. I have a bad feeling about this tie, says John Sabukas. Thank God we have five weeks to prepare. Yeah, mate. Like, I have to admit, even when I was watching the draw, I was, I was just, I, I was swearing at the TV, just saying, "Fuck, fuck, 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 fuck!" Like we're going to play Maccabi. I, I had the, the post, uh, the post that we put up on social media. I had it ready from yesterday. I'd already put the Maccabi logo on the on the graphic. Like I was so sure, I was so sure that we were going to play them. Uh, whatever. Andrea says there are so many free players like Pavon, Teo, etc. I don't understand why we don't approach them. We need them to settle in the team ASAP before the rounds. Mate, I don't know what's going on with Pavon. Like I know that he's uh, he's uh, he's been taken to court. Um, there's some legal complications. Teo, like it doesn't drive me crazy. I think we can find better. Like he's, you know, he's a player that's 30. We'll sign him for a two, three year contract and then we'll be looking for another winger again. I'm not sure he's really the answer to to our problems in terms of that that specific player, buddy. Um, <laughs> some Forest fans ch- uh, chiming in as well. Up the Forest. Yes, yes, mate. Up the Forest. Um, Andreas Mitis mentions Dibi Keita. Yeah. Um, I mentioned that that already. 
what else have we got here in the chat? Anything new about Costas Fortunis? So, guys, I just I just talked about Fortunis. You're probably midnight sprite. You're probably asking me, you know, are there are there teams interested in him, or you know, what's uh, what's happening? We don't know. And my gut feeling is that this one's going to drag on for for a period of time. I think this will drag on for a bit. Um, I even thought the other day, like, what if we loan him? I mean, he's he's got a year left on his contract and we could loan him for a year. And if he plays well, then maybe he comes back and signs a new deal. I think Pedro extended for one year or two years, guys. I can't remember. You don't know, but what, what I did say on, on the last pod that I did on, on, on Gosta is that I think this is something that's going to be dealt with bilaterally be, between him and, and, and the president, Vagelis Magnagis. So as far as we know, there haven't been any bids yet. There was a rumour of Fenerbahce wanting to, uh, wanting to buy him. Three million was a reported figure. Fenerbahce just signed Lincoln. Uh, a player that was on our radar a year, I think a year ago, plays in the same position. So I don't see that happening. They've got Belgas as well. And isn't isn't Erzil still at Fenerbahce or did he fuck off to China? I have no idea. Um, Ike, Bauk have been mentioned as well. Uh, Aris. My gut feeling is that I think Gosta will want to stay in Greece. And that's where I see things getting a bit complicated. And possibly, you know, this is why I see things taking some time in terms of resolving the situation with Costa. But the Costa really needs to get into a team. He needs to start training and he needs to start playing. I don't think he can afford a situation in which, you know, we get to August and he's not in a team. That'll be terrible for him. So, you know, I hope for his sake that, you know, he manages to figure it out and that, you know, the situation is resolved as quick as possible. For Costa just had a kid recently, yeah, and his wife, his wife, or his, his girlfriend—I don't know if they're married. She's a school teacher, so do they really want to pick up and go somewhere like right after they've had a kid? There's all, all these factors, and like, I can I can see him going to Addis. I can see him going to Addis, guys. My that's my that's my take on the Fortuna situation. I can see him ending up there. Andrea uh, is usually difficult and expensive to bring in players early mid-June. Yeah, mate. It's, for, um, it's hard. It's hard, like I said. And I expect us to do our best business or most of our business in August. Yeah. Aguilo saying that uh, Martins is eager to play 4-4-2, according to Prodathlidis. I mean, mate, yeah, he's looking to bring in players like um, like Abu Bakar Kamara from, from Aris. Oh, by the way, yeah, there was talk of player exchanges there. So, again, my Aris Fortunis theory. Let's see. Um, Loki Delta asks the question, rebuild, how, with no transfers? Taipa, I, I said, mate, like, there are players in the squad. They're not big-name players, but they're players that were bought in with potential, with the hope of developing them into, into becoming players like Madi Kamara, players like Agibu Kamara, I mentioned Dabo, I mentioned Fadiga, like these players were really like, are still hotly tipped talents in France. They're young, they're like 20, 21 years of age that need to play football. There should be space for them now. 
and and you know what like in a 442 system i think we'll see 442 and 433 guys Four two three one, maybe some games. What does that mean for Carvalho? I'm not sure. Uh, there's talk about playing Agibu Camara as a, as a number eight in central midfield. Um, I, I like that. I think, you know, the best game we played last season in Fenerbahce, you had Agibu Camara and Madi playing on the same line, right? both as kind of, you know, eights in central midfield with a holding midfielder behind them. So... And I know, and I liked the idea in in Atalanta as well, away from home, where Agibu started in that position. Uh, and we, yeah, we know Agibu dipped after after Copa Africa; his his form dropped. But I would like to see him. Uh, I would like to see him tried in that position and, and given a run of games. I one of the things I hated about last season and the way we used him was that we played him on the wing one time, played him on the other wing, then we played him at the ten, then we played him. Players need consistency. Players, especially young players, they need to play in a position. They need to know their role in the team. Uh, you can be as versatile as you want as a player, as tactically astute and tactically aware as a player on the pitch to play different positions. But playing consistently in one position, that's how you improve. That's how you that's how you, um, you know, embed yourself in a team. That's how you put your mark on a team as well. So let's see. Chris Oxford, I mentioned already, mate, interested parties in in uh, in Fortunis. Rumours. There's rumours. Nothing concrete. So we mentioned some clubs, some Greek clubs. Uh, Fenerbahce was mentioned. Might we just leave him on a, on a free altogether and uh, mutually terminate his contract? But he's going to want his money, I, I guess. And we know that, I think, I think the last year of his contract, he's, he's still getting over a million. Whether it's 1.5 million or 1.7, it was um, uh, the contract. The contract terms for the three-year contract he signed were, uh, I think, cumulatively increasing like uh, salary or, or the other way around. So I can't remember if he earned 1.7 the first season, then 1.5, now 1.2, or the other way around. In any case, it's still a lot of, a lot of money, and he's still the highest-paid Greek player in the league. Andreas uh, asking, are we looking for a winger right? The name that we are the most close to is Kyle Lahren, but Lahren is not a winger. He plays on the left, but he is like Masuras. That's a pretty pretty good comparison in a sense that he's not a striker and he's not a winger, and Masuras isn't a winger and he's not a striker either, but he scores goals. Uh, Lahren is a more physical player. He's good in the air too. He's not great on the ball. And also some, some Besiktas fans that I talk to, they say they really... Uh, he's one of those players that has the ability to infuriate the fans by missing goals that seemingly should be 100%, you know, back of the net stuff. So similarities there to, to Masuras as well. I, For some reason, I'm not super, super excited about this one, to be honest, man. Um, and again, Kyle Lahren's priority, we know this from, from sources, his priority is not to come to Greece. Hmm? So he he wants to move to a club before August. And he's looking at top, uh, top one of the top four leagues. Nottingham Forest, maybe maybe something going on with Carl Aaron. We'll see. Uh, same owner over there, by the way. We all know that. Uh, what else have we got here? Still loads of loads of comments coming in, guys. Um, trying to keep up with you. 
does nobody want to talk to me? Like, are people too shy to like come on the show and have a chat? Again, I'm dropping the link in the chat if anybody wants to come on. Don't be shy. Um, if you're afraid your English isn't good, um, bullshit. Uh, speak some English, or you can speak Greek. No problem. Uh, the link is in the chat. Addis B makes a good point again. We did not expect much from Cisse or Bar when they first came in. Yeah, another example. Uh, Midnight Sprite about Lala. Lala's gone, mate. But he he didn't turn up to training yesterday, so we assume he's gone. Hmm. So Kenny Lala wasn't in training. We assume he's not uh, he's not in the plans. Also, it's been reported as well. Um, Aguilo says that he saw Pinagas training with Larissa players on his story today. Yeah, mate, I saw that too. He um, was wearing Larissa kit. He's still on the contract. I think he signed a five-year contract with us. Uh, yeah. Johnny, Johnny from Australia says, I just hope Martin's set was on a formation. Yes. And they bring in talent to suit the formation. 4-2-3-1 and bring in a winger and two fullbacks. Again, mate, I, like I said, I think it will mainly be 4-3-3 with some alterations, maybe playing playing with a number 10 and bringing in Carvalho. There's there's talk also as well about bringing in a, a profile of player that is uh, that can play on the wing, but that, that can also play at the 10 as well. Uh, Remy Cabello resurfaced as well. He's on a free transfer. We know he's good friends with with uh, with a couple of players on, on the squad, particularly Jan Villa. They played in the same team together previously. Uh, I think it, that was at Saint-Étienne. Remy Cabello is, is, is a good player, man. Um, I think he, he's going to be asking a lot of money. If we need to we need to get rid of players, guys. We haven't sold anyone. The only money we've made from sales, guys, is Hugo Kuypers. Hugo Kuypers completed his move to 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 Ghent today reported figure of 4 million euros we retained 50% of his rights so that means we'll get close to 2 million so we've made some money we've made some money from sales we just haven't sold any of our current players we need to get rid of Onyekuru we need to get rid of of Lala we don't know if Rajelovic is going to stay on the team whether Chumic is going to stay on the team uh, Christensen is he going to stay on the team there's like players with like there's a huge wage bill, guys. Again, something we've talked about throughout um, throughout the previous season. Uh, Ruben Semedo, I almost forgot. We need to get rid of these players. We need to get rid. Uh, whether or not we have a very rich owner, like the club, the club's money is the club's money. And the owner can inject more money into the club, which he did already, to fill the gap for the money that we didn't make from not getting in the Champions League, from COVID, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But... The club's books are balanced out by what happens in the club. Yeah. So there's there's income and expenditure, guys. So we need to re reduce the wage bill, make money, and uh, 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 and and then spend. Uh, there are other people wiser than me that know more than me in the team dealing with uh, with those things. Hopefully, there have been more changes in the back room. <laughs> let's just get that out of the way as well guys so this has been a big topic the last um the last few days and weeks are we bringing in a technical director are we bringing in a sporting director with a general director morgan de sanctis came to athens sabatini came to athens uh, we didn't offer anything to de sanctis we're talking with 20 
20 different candidates. Zubi Zareta is one of them. We're looking at Spain now. That's our priority. Guys, Midrelenister, like, uh, I know. I know everyone's worried. Everyone's anxious. Like, I'm anxious. We're anxious. We're supporters, though. We've got to support the team. Uh, and we'll criticize and we'll judge based on what we see. The team has one month. The team has one month to get ready for the qualifiers. We'll talk more critically after that, after we've seen. Now we need to give time and we need to support. Saying that, changes in the back room. So we know that uh, Modesto is gone. And today the, the new announcement is that Lina Suluku, the general director of the team, Yenigidi Eftidria, she, uh, she, she's leaving the club as well. So there was an announcement today uh, thanking her for her services, everything she's contributed. And uh, she, she was essentially the person that would um, hold negotiations uh, and negotiate uh, players coming in. Legal background, uh, very high profile. So um, she's gone. And uh, until now, Vice President Gostas Carapapas is, uh, is named the new general director for the team. And he will take that position effective as of 1st of July. And what was announced in the in the press release from the club today, there's also been some reports that Christian Cajambo and Vasilis Torosidis' roles in the back room will be upgraded. Don't know what that means, guys. I don't know what that means. Um, but we're still waiting. We're still waiting to learn more and see who the club picks, who the club picks for these other these other roles internally to help, you know, set a vision for the club, um, help us with transfers because there's a gap there. There are gaps that need to be filled. So again, uh, all we can do there, I'm afraid, is is wait. I'm going to go back to to more comments. Um, before I do that, guys, again, if you haven't hit the like button, if you haven't subscribed already, please go ahead and do that. It will take you two seconds. Hit the bell as well so that you don't miss any future updates. Uh, we come to you at least twice a week during the regular season, We're trying to do more. Now during the off season with all this transfer news, we're going to be doing a, a weekly transfer roundup as well. That's something new that we're going to be doing to try and round everything up into, into one episode. Um, hopefully that's something that you do like. Please show your appreciation. Uh, show some love by hitting that like button. Uh, tell your friends about us as well. Uh, if, you're, if you're in school, if you're younger, if you, you know, maybe you find that this episode is also a good way to improve your English. By the way, that's how I really improved my Greek, it's by reading Greek sports papers. Um, or whatever my dad used to throw in the bed in the morning and I drink my coffee and uh, even yeah, some when I was younger I didn't drink coffee. Anyway, uh, good good language, uh, good language improving skills here offered to you by none other than Gate 7 International as well. Chris Oxford is asking any news on, on Sabatini pending. Everything's pending, mate. So the, the, the club announced, uh, said that they've spoken to more than 20 candidates. As far as I know, they're still talking to many. Uh, Zubi Zareta apparently said that he would, uh, you know, reportedly that he's interested in the job, but he hasn't received an offer. Greek media have been jumping on that one as well. I tell you what, um, if you talk to Marseille fans about Zubi Zareta, not happy. He made, uh, I mean, he brought Costas Mitroglu to the club. <laughs> 
he didn't have the greatest of times uh, at Marseille. He also brought Kevin Stroutman to the to the club as well, and you know he's not even playing and he's getting paid a shit ton of money. And generally, generally Marseille fans say that he was really not great for them. More transfers. All of you want to know about transfers, don't you? RSP says no transfer news regarding Madi Kamara. He might actually retire at Olympiacos at this rate. Um, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, he made statements the other the other day that he's happy to stay at the club. That he's happy to stay at the club. Uh, but that you know, if if the right thing comes along, then why not? I like the fact that Madi said in an interview that. You know, he recognised what Olympiacos has offered to him, the ability to live his dream, to play in European competition, to play in the Champions League, to, to win titles. And, you know, for now, the most important for him, is what he said, is that he's happy where he is. He's happy at Olympiacos. And if another interesting project comes in, then, you know, he'll look at that. And, and why not consider it? Has to be right for the player. Has to be right for the club too, guys. We probably can't get the same money that we could have got for Maddie last year or the season before. We'll see. We're the 15th of June. The transfer window, the transfer market doesn't end, well, for us until mid-September now it is, but there's still a long way, guys. There's a lot of things that can happen. There might be players that play in the second round, third round of qualifying that aren't with us when we, if, when and if we start games in the group stage, whether it's group stage of Champions League, hopefully, fingers crossed, or Europa or whatever it is. So, um, so we'll see. We'll see what happens with Madi Kamara. Aguilos reminding us uh, that Fenerbahce have signed Bruma, missed opportunity. Is a missed opportunity, perhaps, mate, in the sense that we paid four and a half, five million for Onyakuru. And if I remember well, the option that we had on Bruma was six. We could have tried to negotiate it down to five. Uh, I don't know how much he signed for. Is he out of contract? I'm, I'm not quite sure. Um, but in retrospect, Bruma was a useful player. He had good metrics. He had good good goal uh, games to goal ratio, assists, good chemistry with some of the players on the team. Yeah, yeah, I think we could. Uh, yeah, possibly, possibly that's a missed opportunity. Virgil Starkwell, hello, mate. Don't think I've seen you before. Welcome to the podcast. Virgil says Fortunis is a great player, but he's obviously has completed his circle in the team. Have faith in the coach and the president. Amen. Um, another comment from, from Virgil. Coming season will end with Olympiagos in plus 30 points in the Greek Championship and a decent course in Europe. At least three to four great players are about to come. Makar. Let's see. Let's see. Time will tell. Jay Brown, Forest Guide, asking, did Carvalho play last season for you? <coughs> Excuse me. Um, mate, he did. Yeah. He scored a couple of goals, got a couple of assists. Generally, decent contribution. I think what I expected personally, you know, we were looking to bring in a player with uh, uh, that, that, that would bring creativity in the middle of the park. Uh, you've got great vision, great one-touch passing. He sees things happening on the pitch before they happen. He sends the ball to the right place uh, for players running into space or passes to feet. He's very intelligent. Again, for me, if you know, you guys listening from Nottingham Forest, I think he's a player that couldn't really hack it in the championship because he's not a physical player. He's very similar to Fortunis in that way. He's a bit, 
he looks he look, sometimes he looks like he's so relaxed that he's falling that he's falling backwards on the pitch whereas you know people say he's lazy or this and that and the other but he's got that charisma like that you can't just have players on the pitch that run uh, a lot of uh, a lot of a lot of fans a lot of people they criticize martins because he wants you know he he values players that that run more than technical players you need both and Carvalho is one of those one of those players. It's a technical player, gifted, uh, creative. So he did well. He did well. And he scored goals in derbies. He scored against. He scored a goal against Balg. He scored a goal against Ag. Uh, so let's see now with the preseason behind him as well what he can do. And you know what? He's got a lot of pressure now because essentially he's taking Fortunis's place. I don't know if you were listening before, or you know who Costas Fortunis is, Jay, but uh, big shoes to fill. And it's going to be very hard for him against, uh, you know, living up to fan favourite, essentially, that's uh, that's on the way out. Uh, look at my eyes, DC says, speaking of Aries, they were, they are creating one hell of a team, big fan of their coach. I can see them making a surprise this season. You know what, man? Like, the, the better the, the the bigger the competition and the better our rivals are the better it is for us we need the competition if there's no one pushing us in greece then it makes it harder for us to compete in europe because when we're playing in greece we're playing in second gear if we're playing in second gear in greece it's very hard to get into get into fourth fifth and play against these these teams playing in the top 3 top 4 leagues when we're not even getting into third gear to win games in Greece. I welcome it. I, I, I genuinely, and you know what? Uh, Banfamagos is going to be better next season. And I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I really hope that like, there's always like expectation with these teams that are below us as well every season, going into qualifiers as well. I remember Atromitos a few years ago, and I look at them, you know, they were fighting to avoid relegation. They were playing in European qualifiers a couple of years ago. They were getting knocked out, dispatched by teams I've never heard of in my life. Their mother doesn't know them, like they say in Greece. Uh, so, yeah, I hope that I hope that genuinely, like the other Greek teams, do well in in Europe and at least get into group stages and and help the coefficient because we've been carrying it. Another thing that we've been saying on the podcast so many times over and over, I've must have been carrying the Greek coefficient for the last decade and more. So, all right, guys, time time for the other teams to do something as well. Virgil agrees with me that Aris would be a great next stop for Fortunis. For Let's see. Era K7, hello. Hello, Ira. Is there any chance Fortunis will stay with us at the end of the day? It looks very tough, man. It, look, it looks tough. I, the only kind of like crazy scenario that I see is, uh, you know, Marinakis and Fortunis agree that he's loaned out. You know, he's loaned out to Addis and he sees out his contract on a loan and we see what happens at the end of the year. But then, again, guys, can, can somebody tell me, anybody that's listening now, can somebody go and look, like, did, did Martin sign a one-year contract extension or a two-year contract extension? Because I think it's a two-year contract extension. What message would would our board be sending, for example, if if that kind of scenario did materialize that we loan him? Because it's clear that Martins doesn't want him. 
like again that scenario is super far-fetched super far-fetched to loan Fortunis out and see out his contract let's see guys let's see uh, I, I said we're gonna need to be patient on this one uh look at my eyes dc oh sorry chris oxford Arabi time how much did it take for that deal all right you guys want to talk about Arabi? fine let's talk about Arabi. So, El Arabi signed two-year contract extension, guys, till 2024. That keeps him here. Essentially, guys, that means he's going to see out his career at Olympiacos. I don't know if you guys have realized that. Is it that it was a big decision for him, guys? So he's going to retire at Olympiacos. Now, how much is he going to be making? Guys, I'm not in the president's wallet. I only tell you what's been reported, okay? So it's been reported that we've offered him around 2 million euro, but 2 million or around 2 million euros a season on a closed two-year contract. It means he's guaranteed 4 million, 4 million euros the next two seasons, plus bonuses of around 800,000 is what we've heard the last couple of days. 800,000 in bonuses, the bonuses are for reaching the group stage of the Champions League and for winning the league. I don't know if there's a you know um, a bonus as well for being top scorer or a goals bonus for scoring more than 20 goals. That's what we know, guys, about the numbers for, for El Arabi. Yeah. Now, um, is it a good move? Again, this is something that we've talked about before look guys in an ideal world i would have liked us to have already identified a replacement for eladabu given our situation given the league that we play in again we're not the most attractive destination for top strikers and you know what strikers are expensive and even more so a striker that scores 20 plus goals a season they're they're very expensive and they're very hard to find that's why, for me, I'm happy with this. I'm happy this is over. That the uncertainty surrounding his, you know, his contract extension is done. So we're we're past that now. We have our talisman. He is 35 years of age. He's not as fast as he was. He doesn't chase down the balls as well as he did, you know, in his first season. Maybe that has to do with preseason last year. Maybe he's better this year. Maybe he's fitter. Maybe he is physically fitter because. El Arabi is a professional. Wherever he goes, he plays for money. He plays for contracts. Doesn't play for this. Okay, he can get attached to some teams and you know, maybe he likes us or you know, likes us more than other teams that he's played for. But everywhere he's gone, all the choices he's made in his career, they've been about money. If they weren't about money, he wouldn't have gone to Qatar. He was a great striker in, uh, in, in Primera, in Spain and in France. He could have stayed. He went to Qatar to get money. Then he came back to play for us. So I think, guys, uh, he's a player that I think can help us definitely in this second round of qualifiers against Maccabi. Let's see who then we get in the third round and playoffs. If we get into the Champions League, I think we'll move for a striker. I do think we'll try and sign a big-name striker. 
And there's still like the, the puzzle isn't complete up front. The bid for Tiquinho might come in, bid for Hassan might come in. So things can change, huh? I don't I I'm telling you now, I'm telling you now. When we get to September, our our striking trio will not be El Arabi, Hassan, Tiquinho. It will not be those three. The important thing is that El Arabi is our talisman. He's our number one striker. And he's here to stay for another couple of years. We're sorted. He's a player that, knock on wood, fingers crossed, he hasn't had any major injuries <coughs> Excuse me, since he came here. That's very important. You look at Zahavi, lovely player, gives something different than Dened Arabi. We entertained the idea and we discussed about, you know, could they play together because Martins is looking for this second striker or you know, number nine and a half that can play around El Arabi. Zahavi's had a lot of injuries, huh? Standard, like two, two, two times during the season, you're going to lose him. So if it was a choice between the two, one or the other, this was my choice. This was my choice. El Arabi. Yeah. Chris Oxford's asking about Tiquinho. Looks like he's staying. Again, mate, um, long time. Uh, we've got a long, long period of time until the transfer window closes. So let's see. Tiquinho is also another one that came in overweight last year and had that shoulder injury. Might see a better Tiquinho this year. Who knows? Who knows? We, we, we're, we're two days into preseason. Okay, uh, friendlies, guys, they start on the 24th of June, if I remember correctly. So we go to Austria, and I think the first game we play is against a team called Reed, uh, an Austrian team. So we will, of course, watch the friendlies. We'll do episodes afterwards. We can talk about what we see. Aguilos Kurz is talking about uh, Binagas. One and a half million for what? I can't stand watching him only be at the B team while spending that much money for him. Just promote the bloke if he hasn't moved on loan to AL. Right. If they're not, I'm sure. I'm sure he's going to ask it himself. But if he's not in the first team plans this season, then I'm sure he he won't want to stay another another season in the in the in the B team. Yeah, and Agudos is is going on. Says that he has already Super League One experience. So a bit of consistency of appearances will make him be able to help us at European level as well. I don't know if I'd go that far, but. Um, but yeah, definitely a player that that I would uh, I would like to see get an opportunity. Otherwise, you know, why did we sign him? Why did we sign him? And if we're not going to give him the opportunity, then let him go. Simple as that. Uh, James, the proof will be in the pudding, mate. About this one on the screen, we'll see. Like, in general, there's there's a reshuffle, and, and not only a reshuffle in the back room, but but I think it's um, in general. I think the roles themselves will will change, and what they actually do. Right now, Christian Carambo is a sports director. I don't really know what he does day to day, but we see him like you know he's very close to the manager. He's he's on the bench for all the games in Greek league and in and in Europe. He was there. He was on the bench, so clearly it seems like he has a role in the dressing room. 
as well. He's a club ambassador. Uh, Toro Sidis is, is, you know, he has this role between the the players and the the management. In other countries, technical director, which is Toro Sidis's report, with uh, so, uh, his title, technical director does 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 other things. Guys, lots of lots of comments about. <laughs> yeah, he was a reporter. He was a reporter for Nova Sport, but I'll have you know that the guy is very well edu- very well educated. So he's not just your like run of the mill kind of fan that became a reporter. Yeah, he didn't come out of nowhere. So let's see. Let's see. Um I would like to hear a more proactive communication on you know what the plan is at the moment we're getting reassurances okay we're not a, we're not an english football club we're we're not as advanced in greeks on on our communication uh in general and communication in football with the fans i'm not trying to say they do a bad job uh i yeah we, i think we all would have liked that the, that the club is a bit more proactive um i'll tell you something we are trying to get some people from from the back room, the front office, to come and talk to us on the show. So uh, you'll have your chances to to ask questions as well. When that does happen, we have been working hard to make that happen. I do, I do assure you. Uh, Ahura Mazda, how's it going, mate? Uh, question coming in from you there. Uh, you asked me about El Arabi. I talked about El Arabi just just a moment ago, mate. For left back, Danny Alves is a free agent. Just saying. Uh, <laughs> really? I mean, any any other any other offers? I mean, we're looking for a right back. So, got your experience there, Diampo. Aguilos chiming in. I agree. Danny Alves can provide spirit, passion, morale to everyone. Can still bag class appearances at the age of thirty-nine. You want to bring in a 39-year-old and, you know, some of you guys were complaining about re-signing a 35-year-old striker. Their Profidiga asks, do we know how the profit is if we don't know what transfers are realistic? I'm not sure what you mean, mate. You're talking about, do we actually have, do we actually have money to make transfers or do we, that we need to make sales first? I'm not sure. Okay, now everyone's going a bit crazy in the chat. Let's bring Ronaldinho too. He's 42. Okay, guys. Well, listen, we've uh, we've made it through an hour. We've talked about the draw. Um, so we talked about Maccabi. Um, <laughs> the chat's still going. Roberto Carlos. You know, Cafu as well. Cafu would be nice. Uh, Kaká. Uh, why not bring Giovanni back? He he looks he looks fitter than he was when he was actually playing for us. I wouldn't mind him having having a role at the you know fake nine or number ten or just stick him on the pitch. Ah, thank you. Uh, a good a good question here. Opinion about Gudris? I haven't seen Gudris play in over a year, mate. So uh, I don't know what condition he's in. Uh, he's obviously coming coming off the back of an of an ACL injury as well. Uh, we know that's always complicated for for players. Most of them never come back the same. One thing I always liked about Gudris is his delivery. 
Like his delivery is like Beckham compared to Rabchuk in terms of consistency. I exaggerate, of course, but I'm doing that for television purposes here. Um, Godris, Godris can be an option. Uh, let's see. Let's see him in preseason. Let's see how he does. His weakness was always defensive. It was always the the, 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 the more defensive side of Godris's play. So let's see. Hopefully uh, playing in Germany has made him a bit more physical, uh, a bit more tactically astute, playing against uh, more physical and tactical, you know, tactical minded players. So, so let's see, um, you know, is, everyone, everyone sees Gudris and they think of that image of him after the, the Milan game, you know, uh, and there's a lot of love for Leonardo Gudris. He's a lovely bloke from what I can tell, um, whenever I've seen him speak on camera, he's very measured. He's, he's half Brazilian too, he speaks Portuguese. You'd think that he'd get on with, with the manager. Yeah, this is the point I was making earlier, great crossing. Uh, at least eight out of ten crosses will target a teammate, not like colleague. Nine out of ten <laughs> pigeons uh, next. Uh, Del Profidigo, you're asking me this question: Would you like to be in the Champions League or in the Europa League? Yeah, man, of course I would like to. I'd prefer to be in the Champions League. Of course, it's more prestige. That's where we want to play. That's where Olympiacos belongs. Olympiacos belongs in the Champions League. But I've said it. I've said it a million times. I'll say it again. To get to the Champions League, to get to the Champions League, and to you, you, you need to show that you deserve to be there. I don't like. I don't want to be going in the Champions League and being a team that just like without getting any wins. Like I want to go and I want to be competitive. And I think that for a team like ours right now, playing in a league like ours. A team that has to go through three qualification rounds to get to the group stage. I think that generally, if you can get through those three qualification rounds, you're going to play against good teams. And if you can knock those teams out, then you deserve to play in the Champions League. It's as simple as that. And if you don't, then you play in the Europa League. And the Europa League's fine for me too. As long as we're competitive. I want to see the team competitive and I want to see the team play football. That's what's most important for me. Yeah. So I hope I answered your question and more. Uh, Hora says, Nikola Gopro said that Oleg seems to be his first choice as of now. Yeah. 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 Oleg is first choice and he's played four games for the national team now, 90 minutes. He hasn't stopped, man. The guy's played like 60 games this season. Yeah. Look at my eyes, DC says he's voting conference. Maybe that's your your answer to what you feel is realistic. We'll see. We'll see. Their Profidiga says, but with this team we get 3-4 against Real Bayern. Eh, we don't know what this team's capable of because this team's being rebuilt. Again, patience, guys. Um I am anxious. We're all anxious. I said it before. Uh, I know how Olympiacos fans can get. I'm one of them. I feel. I feel what you're feeling. I want to see transfers, but you know, if we're taking our time because we're being methodical, I'd rather we take our time than sign another Henry on your crew. And how's that for a line? I'm going to end it there because I think I just topped it all off. 
patience with transfers. Let's uh, let's let's try and be optimistic. Uh, we did have some good news today with the re-signing of uh, of Velarabi. The and one more thing before I tune out, guys, um, on on Maccabi Haifa, on this whole point about you know them being the hardest pick we would have got, etc. And you know everyone's like, oh for fuck's sake, uh, you know why do we always get the hardest team? Good, we need to be tested. We need to be on our toes. Again, is it really going to be that bigger test? Can Olympiacos not dispatch this team that's worth 17 million with a team, you know, our team's worth more than 100? Really? Oh, oh, oh. Uh, Johnny. Johnny Tabukas, are you really doing this to me? Johnny Tabukas wants to come on the show. Okay, I'm going to stay longer. I'm going to stay longer and I'm going to bring John on the show because he is in Australia. John. Kalimera, I was I was tuning in earlier, but I just had a gym session and I thought I'd join you. It's it's quarter to seven here in the morning, but I don't want to keep you too long. But I, I wanted to jump in before when you were talking about Fortunis. Yeah. Because um I uh, I was reading about it the other day when you guys posted it and I was in shock to be honest, um, at the fact that yeah, that there was some um some disciplinary issues, some you know, personality clashes and whatnot, but surely you can't discard that type of talent to, you know, just waste away or send it to Aris or, you know, completely cut it from the roster just because of, you know, um, the fact that he got a bit upset that he didn't come on. Um, I feel on the other side is if you're the team captain, if you're the club captain, the, 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 basically the, the life of the club and you have done all the training and done all the work coming back from an ACL and you're good enough to be in the squad some, someone like with that talent doesn't just get five minutes or completely discarded for me. Um, and, and I think he's justified in, in being a bit upset because Martins has, has a track record of doing that to a lot of players, not just Fortuny. Um, but on the flip side, I, I see where, you, where your stance is in regards to leading by example and showing the, the younger players in the squad that you can't just you know, crack the shits if you don't get your own way, basically. No, mate, look, um, I think that when, when the news broke, I think all of us were, were in a state of shock because, because it's Fortunis. Like, we all love, we all love Fortunis. And you know, even, you know how, how Greeks are hot-headed and everything. Like, where, you know, the, the line between love and hate sometimes is very close. There's a very fine yeah. line between, between being happy and being sad as well. We're very emotional people. So, like, you know, all of us, all of us have criticised Fortunis. There have been moments where we've criticised him, like when he missed the penalty against Lamia in in, uh, in Martins' first season, or you know, other times where we say, "Oh, he's fucking lazy. He should do more." And yeah, we were all shocked because, like I said, like we, he he is the most talented attacking midfielder that we've developed in Greece in a generation, and it's sad. Like that's what I said earlier. It's sad that that for me that we can't. You know, we that we're giving that player away. That that that's what saddens me. Like, and I I really enjoy seeing him on the pitch when when he's in full flow. And I think all of us as well, we kind of hold on to what we saw from Fortunis, like when he was at his best. And we all hope that that he'll you know he'll come somewhere close to that. 
I don't think that he ever will get back to like that level that we saw before his first no. ACL. But we all, you know, I think it's what you were saying is that like he should at least be given a chance. But 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 again, like I mean, to be clear, I'm not supporting one or the other here. I think they're two sides to the coin. But but the thing that really did disappoint me with him is um, is uh, is the fact that he, I think he's made mistakes in terms of his role. Like he's club captain, and while I have said in the past that I don't think that he's a player that can lift that weight and pressure of being club yeah, captain. That's, that's what I was going to ask you. Do, you. do you think that affected him when that got put on him? Because you can see he hasn't been playing freely at all with that, in my opinion, anyway. Yeah, no, mate, I, I've said it. Um, I'm not sure if I've said it on the show before, but like my, my opinion on that predates this show. <laughs> Um, I, I think that it's too heavy of a burden for him. I think it's, I think him, um, I think Fortunis is a player that you just put on the pitch and you tell him, go and play football, mate. Like, do your thing. I don't yeah. think you, I don't think. Floating, I don't think floating he, 10. <laughs> yeah, he's not, he's not the type of player that you say, uh, Costa, I want you to be captain. I want you to lead by example. I want you to be vocal on the pitch. Nah, none of those things. Like, no. Costa, Costa never like gave me that feeling. Like, just gave me that, like, you know, put him on the pitch and let him do his job and don't give him too much, like, added responsibility. Just let him play. I think the, the, the biggest teller was, and I'm not sure if you've picked up on this, but every time he scored a penalty and he's run over to the, you know, Theodore Star, and you can see it in his face, the relief, like, you know, come on. He's trying, he's trying to will himself to, you know, like, he's trying to get everyone behind him because I feel like he's, he's buckling under the pressure of the captaincy. Um, and the pressure of everybody sort of saying, you know, come on, mate, you need to lead by example. You're the captain, you're this, you're that. When really it's what you said, it's go out there, play football. Because when he does that, he, he naturally leads anyway, just by his talent and the, what, the things that he does on the pitch. If you look at the second season, that AC Milan game, like he met, I can't remember if he was captain in that game or if it was, if Omar was still around. I think but, he was. I think he was. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but th that game there, he wasn't vocal at all. It was the football that did the talking, right? Exactly. Yeah, he missed the penalty. Oh, sorry, he scored the penalty. But before that, he yeah. created chance after chance after chance. He even missed a good chance himself. Um, but it was the, it was yeah. his football that yeah. did the talking. It wasn't him yelling and screaming um, like, you know, maybe, let's say, a Djordjevic in his later years, who was a more vocal captain. Um, he still had the talent, but in his later years, he wasn't running yeah. up and down a wing. It was, you know, controlling things. So, yeah, no, I just I, I really wanted to get on and talk about that because I feel like a lot of people discount the fact that the captaincy burdened him a lot in the last two years, in my opinion. Um, and some players are made for it. You know, they thrive under that sort of pressure and they they, they love rising to that occasion. I just don't think that he does. I think it, it it's to his detriment. It, like, it, it hinders his ability on the field. He's thinking too much about I need to lead these players rather than I want the ball at my feet and I want to create. So, yeah, I, th I feel I I'd be really upset if they get rid of him, even if it's, you know, have him on the bench, man. Like, he, he made the bench the other day. You're saying in the ball game, he made the bench. If he's good enough to make the bench, knowing what we know about Martins and how his, you know, routines are in regards to training and if you're not training well, you don't make the squad and all this sort of stuff. If he's good enough to make the squad, you're telling me he can't displace somebody out of that midfield like Bukalaki or... You know, it's yeah. yeah. It, it goes back to what you said at the start of the show in regards to formations and just picking one and setting settling on one and you know bringing in talent to sort of fit that formation. So 
you know, started last year at 4-2-3-1 and Fortuny at the 10. And it was, it was working well up until the ACL in the preseason. So what, what do you do? These things happen. No. Uh, Dax, uh, there, there, but I just wanted to jump on and say hello as well. I haven't been on in a while, but um, but yeah, it's it's. it's uh, I know you've probably been on for a few hours, so I'll let you get off, mate. But have, have a good rest of the week, and um, we'll chat soon. Good to hear you. Good to hear you, John. Thanks very much for tuning in, mate. Take care. See you next time. Yes, mate. That was Johnny Tsabukas calling in from Australia. Seven in the morning over there. Fantastic. And the guy's the guy's just coming from the gym too. Big ups, John Sabukas. Big ups to the Olympiacos massive in Australia. Olympiacos, global phenomenon, guys. Gate 7 International. It's what we do. Bring together Olympiacos fans from all over the world, guys. Hit the like button. Subscribe. Tell your friends. Help us. Come on. Look at these guys. Manos. G7 tuning in, Yasuo Mano. Got to study, guys, but I'll join at some point in another show. Come on. Great work. Hope to get you on the show one time as well. If you guys are like worried about your English or whatever, we've told you guys many times before, for fuck's sake, like we speak Greek too. It's an English show, but like, okay, we can speak some Greek. We can help you improve your English. Come on, guys. Uh, yeah, okay. I'm going to say it one last time, all right? Like, um, I'm here I'm here for you guys. Like, you want to get something off your chest or whatever, I'm dropping the link one more time. I'm going to read through the comments. I'm going to start wrapping things up. But if one of you wants to come and join me, have a chat, the link's there one last time, all right? Manos uh, coming back now. So he's saying, uh, come on, leave it out, mate. Why does Carvalho press the ball? Yeah, so you're saying this in relation to Fortuny. I said it earlier, man, I think just before you tuned in. They're basically the, the similar kind of player. They're both kind of lazy. They're both creative. Um, they see things happening on the pitch. They make things happen on the pitch. So, Yeah. No, you don't need to convince me, mate. Um, it's 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 over. Like it's over. Like I think just the thing with with Martins and him, it's it's over. And I think that's mutual too. I think Fortunis has had it with with Martins, and and Martins is over Fortunis as well. And, and you know what, guys? Nobody, nobody questions Costa's quality, even the manager, even the manager. When the, when a Portuguese when the Portuguese press asked him years ago, I think it was Portuguese press like who's the most talented player that you've that, that you've worked with like over in Greece like undeniably Costas Fortunis, Jan like, Villas gone on record like loads of his teammates like there was the Padense comment in an interview that you know he's the, by far the the, the 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 Greek player with the most quality but he's lazy. He said that publicly. So, I don't know, guys. Maybe his teammates were fed up of him as well. A, that's, that's a problem in the dressing room. And that also goes back to kind of what I said about, like it or not, that Martins is making a choice to get rid of him also because he wants to have control in the dressing room and he wants to cultivate that atmosphere that they had in the first season. If you have 
disgruntled players or alienated players, players that have either been alienated by him or by themselves, it doesn't help the dressing room. Vistijos, unfortunately for Costa. Uh, and James Howlett is saying he apologised for his behaviour. He accepted losing his shirt number, captain's armbands. Uh, James is also saying just because he's low profile doesn't mean he's not suitable for captain. That's, I expressed my opinion, you expressed yours. I felt I always felt like it was too much pressure for him. For, I, I, and, I, and I said, like I said to Johnny, for me, he's the type of player that you don't burden him with that. Go out and do your job, mate play your football, create for the team. He's not, not Even if he does lead by example in terms of his playing, nah, not for me. He's not He's not my kind of captain. But then again, I grew up with, you know, my my concept of, or my prototype, prototipo, my idol kind of captain or role model was Roy Keane when I was growing up watching football. So that's my standard. My standard for what I want from a captain is Roy Keane. He had his moments in the dressing room too. And in the end, that's what got him you know, kicked out of Manchester United. He thought he was bigger than the manager, but he was a very different kind of captain. Huh? But he was vocal on the pitch. He led by example, made big tackles, woke up the players around him by his actions on the field, not only his words. But his actions on the field made his words louder and more impactful. So that's the kind of captain that I like to see. Yeah. What else we got? Ah, uh, yes. Manu, promise I'll join at some point, even for a short time. Promise made. See, at this point, I have nothing to comment on the football club. Just wait and see. We don't care if he is lazy at Kina Pastelloni. <laughs> Camara Mano says also late to team meetings, but he's the child of Martins. I mean, he was also he was also reprimanded, left out of the squad for what was it? Was it one or two games? I think he was left out of the bout game, if I remember well, last season. But I remember I also kind of asked the question: Why is it? You know, if he wants to make an example out of him, then is it really enough to just like leave him out of the squad for one game? I, I, I don't know. In any case, guys. Um, We've we've gone on we've gone on almost an hour and a half now. Uh, for those of you that are tuning in a little bit later, uh, we've talked about the the draw. We talked about Maccabi Haifa. We talked about our record with Israeli teams, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, um, discussed around that issue. Really should be winning. Uh, we've talked about um, what's going on with transfers. We've talked about uh, the backroom staff. We've talked about Ladabi. We ended up talking a hell of a lot about. For Tunis again, we I don't I don't think we've we haven't done a live since uh, since the news dropped. Um, if you want to go back and listen to the the um, the recorded episode podcast that I did, uh, it's it's not very long, it's like nine ten minutes long. Uh, go and check that out as well. Uh, what else we got? We've got uh, basketball. It's two zero in the series, and Tyler Dorsey wants to go on vacation early. And on Friday, it's a sellout crowd. Uh, the, the game's already sold out on Friday at the Peace and Friendship Stadium at Ceph. And we need to we need to bring out the you know, bring out the the, the, the sweeps uh, and get this job done. So, guys, hopefully um, we we will be back on the weekend with another live. Hopefully, with a full team in attendance. 
and um, and I do hope that we will be we will be joining you live on the weekend, having having completed the domestic double in basketball. Who knows? Maybe we've made a transfer by then. Ari can get onto his deep dives. Have you guys forgotten about the deep dives? Got some good deep dives coming this season, hopefully for you guys. So again, thanks very much for watching, guys. Uh, if you haven't done so already, make sure to hit that like button, subscribe, hit the bell. Make sure you don't miss the future episodes. You hit the bell. You'll be notified every time that we do go live. My name's Costa. We are Gate 7 International. Until next time, Calovradi, wherever you are. Calimera, Gerdismos. Gatibay!